the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. It doesn't matter whether it makes sense to you and I. God did it this way because it makes sense to Him. And as long as it makes sense to God, you can pull your hair out and say, why would you do it this way? And God will say, I am sovereign. I did it this way. And that's where you put your faith in. Why are we struggling with this? Because we have a crisis of faith. We want more sophistication in the answer. We're just too smart for the message of the cross. Here's what Scripture says. 1 Corinthians 2.14 The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Holy Spirit. So you put your faith in Jesus, you begin to discern that this is true. This is not your work. This is not the preacher's work. I'm not convincing anybody this morning. I'm just preaching, okay? Don't give me too much credit. I'm smart in some things. I'm dumb in some others, just like everybody else. But this thing is beyond, beyond every single one of us. When we put our faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit indwells us, and that's when the discerning begins to happen. That's very important to understand. We, we, we exclude the work of the Spirit sometimes too profoundly in our lives. We think that, hey, you know, there's an explanation to everything. Until I'm satisfied that this is being answered in my head, you know, I'm going to try to do and figure things out my own way. And I always use this illustration. It's like saying, I'm not going to go to Walmart unless I'm guaranteed every light at the intersection is green. You'll never get there. You'll never get there. Because this is the work of the Spirit of God inside each and every one of us. Once you come to Jesus, then receive His Word. The Spirit comes. Did you do this by faith? The Spirit of God indwells you and I. And that's when we begin to discern the reality of this. Okay? That's why coming to faith in Jesus is very important. That's the work of the Spirit too. You know, He brings conviction. Alright? You know how you know your faith is tested? You just dispense of the question. You know, I'm tired God, of asking these questions, I'll take you at your word. You know, isn't that faith? How many of you this morning have had taken God at his word? If you have, you have faith. Because I don't understand why God did, did what he did. I don't even understand all of the things that the scripture says. But God said it, I believe it, and that's settled. That's it. That's what faith is all about. But thank God 
50 days after Jesus left this, I mean, in 50 days after the resurrection, the Holy Spirit came and He did not leave the disciples as orphans. He guided them by His power. Secondly, the message of the cross is so simple, expect it to be systematically denied by the world. Just expect that. The message is so simple, Expect the world to systematically deny it. The Corinthian Christians are struggling, were struggling with reconciling their faith with their culture around them. They want to be Christians, but they also want to belong to the world and its system. They were doing the same activities as their pagan counterparts. They are engaging in the same lifestyles as their worldly counterparts in direct opposition with the way they should live because they have crossed over from death to life, from darkness to light, and yet they were struggling so much because of the things that are confronting them in their, in their world at the time. You know, they were, they were struggling to balance things between living for the world and living under the gospel. That was their struggle then, and many Christians today have the struggle. And I'm here just to tell you, as a, as a preacher... Do not expect to blend the system of the world with the gospel. It will never work. There is no fellowship between darkness and light. There is no fellowship between death and life. We need to come to grips with the fact that when you call on the name of Jesus, when you follow the message of the cross, this, you will encounter a systematic denial by your friends, even your families. Even in your workplace. And sometimes we get bogged down with that and we try to present a gospel that is palatable to people. Amen? I mean, we do that. Because it's, it's kind of hard. Imagine yourself, you're living at the, in Corinth at the time. Just as an example. And you were trying to share the gospel with a, with a Roman soldier. Right? You go to the Roman soldier and say, you know, if you want to go to heaven when you die, all you need to do is to put your faith in Jesus. He died for you. When you accept him by faith, you will have eternal life. And when you die, you'll go to heaven. You know what that Roman soldier would say? Oh, you mean to tell me you want me to put my faith on the guy we crucified about 20 years ago? I was there, man. <laughs> we knew about your Jesus. We know all about him. I saw him die on that cross. No, thank you. I have a better way of attaining eternal life. That's what we get from the world today. We got a better system. We have a better system than the cross. Your friends will tell you that these days. Even your family members will tell you. It's there's a better way in this world that will give us the hand of God, of, the hand of God's blessing. All it is is an attempt to save ourselves. The wisdom of the world is man's attempt to bring himself to the level of God in order to create his own way of salvation. It's a systematic denial of what God has accomplished on the cross. Forgive me sometimes if I, if I sound a little passionate about these kinds of things. But, but, but deep inside my, my heart, I really feel that if we struggle 
with, with, with trying to conform our lives and then look at the cross and say, you know, how can I bridge the message of the gospel and bridge this so that my friends will be more likely to come and embrace this? That's a death trap. I believe that with all of my heart. The message of the cross has not changed. People need it. It's their only way toward salvation. There's no other name given on earth, above the earth, below the earth, and on the side of the earth through which man can be saved, but only at the cross of Jesus. Scripture says God made the gospel message simple. And he made it simple to mess up and put to shame those who think they know a better way to solve the issues of the world. In fact, look at our next verse, verse 20, it says, Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. It's exactly what we're talking about. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand a sign and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. I'm not surprised that people today in general are systematically rejecting and denying the message of the cross and thinking it's foolish. God is doing it. Okay? God is in his divine purpose really made this message of the cross so simple to confound the wisdom of everybody in this world who think that they can outdo God in his plan of redemption. What really kills me are those who say they are Christians but want to be accepted by the world. That kind of kills me. They want to be accepted by the world by making more intriguing or more interesting or more sophisticated this gospel message is. There's nothing of the sort. Did you know that there's a growing movement within evangelical Christianity? Within, uh, you know, of all places, there is a movement to reform the way we think. To reform the way we believe. They call it uh, uh, re the reformation of the, con the Christian convictions. They're saying that the historical Christian faith uh, really is, is really not relevant to today's world. They call themselves these progressive Christians. And there will be a whole bunch of them. And you will be hearing them. They neither believe in Jesus as the Son of God. They didn't believe in the cross as God's means of taking away our sins. They argue that the resurrection was really a spiritual resurrection. All kinds of foolishness so that they can compete with the more sophisticated ideas that this world is offering them. It's in the church now. People like me are going to be antiquated pretty soon. It's because we still look and read the Bible and we say, this is what God's word says. All it is is an attempt to evaluate our biblical beliefs in light of culture. In light of what makes sense right now. We're accepting everything today that God calls sin and making an excuse for it to say, well, you know what? Maybe that, that, that's not what it 
means. We're accepting lifestyles right now that we're saying, oh, this is acceptable in the church. You know, the, 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 those Christians 2,022 years ago, they, they, they're not living in the same world that we're living in. Times have changed. Technology has advanced. We know more now about human nature. Science has come to a place where we can now argue about the, the, the things in the Bible are, are, aren't true anymore and all of that stuff. It's simply rebellion. It's simply saying, we know a better way. The gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who have eternal life, this is the power of God. Sorry, but this is still fresh in my mind. You know, The tale of two kneeling quarterbacks. One quarterback kneeled down during the game to pray. The other quarterback kneeled down to protest the country that pays him millions of dollars. All right? There are two of them. The quarterback that knelt down to pray was ridiculed and said, ah, you know, that guy wears his faith too much on his sleeves. He's just, you know, he's no good. Get him out of here. The guy who knelt down to protest his country was on the cover of Time magazine as a person of the year. And you know what? We're silent about it. We're silent about it because we're agreeing with a guy who knelt to protest that the gospel is not powerful enough to destroy the, all the injustices, to destroy all the issues that we face as a culture. Jesus did not come to instate social justice. He did not come to do all of this cultural analysis of the world. He came to die for your sins and mine. That's why he died. That's why we're going to heaven and not hell. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. You know what that means? You put your faith in me and you'll make it. That's the, that's the message of the gospel. But we lose sight of that. We need to do more to help the poor. And of course we help the poor. But Jesus himself says, the poor you always have. Do you really understand the importance of who I am? Who is Jesus to us? That's the single most important thing. I'm not saying we shouldn't go out there and reach out and fight for all the causes that glorifies the name of God. Be free. Do it. But always remember, it must be done to the power of the cross. You cannot feed the hungry forever without telling them about the cross of Jesus. You cannot speak out against social injustice without confronting people and say, you're part of that injustice that's happening in the world and you need the message of the cross. What does it all mean? It means that the world thinks God is not powerful enough to transform people's lives. And to take it upon themselves to transform society. But here's what Romans 8, Romans 1, 18 to 20 says. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what was being made so that people are without excuse. Not a single person will have an excuse when it comes to the presentation that God has given to us about this gospel. Thirdly, the gospel message of the cross is so simple 
that it will subsequently destroy the wisdom of the world. Get ready. Don't be intimidated by what's going on around us. We are not called by God to defend the message of the cross. We're called to believe it and advance it. We're not called to defend it against those who deny it. You're just wasting your time. We must be not be intimidated by the culture of sophistication that keeps dismissing the message as antiquated and irrelevant. And there are those who will not allow us to even use the name of Jesus anymore, almost in any public setting. Loved ones, we don't need to defend the message of the cross. You know why? Because not only will God defend it, but His word, word will eventually destroy His enemies, the enemies of the cross. Do you think God will not defend His word? You know, sometimes we get so enamored by this, these people that challenges our faith that sometimes we think, well, I got to be ready to defend the message of the cross against this smart guy, against these people that are confronting me and all that. You don't have to worry about any of that. You all, you, this is one thing you and I need to know, that those who are arguing about God's message that he revealed on the cross, God called those people foolish. God is purposely showing them how foolish they are by the sophistication that they seem to present. Isaiah 29, 14 says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. It's in the Bible. So don't worry about, don't worry about being intimidated by people because you're a Christian. Not at all. Man's attempt at denying the message of the cross is futile because God has the key to eternity. People who think they are wiser than those who believe are at a great disadvantage. You know, I talk to enough atheists and agnostics to know that it takes more faith to be an atheist than an agnostic. <laughs> it takes more faith not to believe in God. And people who think it's wise to believe that when, when we die, we simply cease to exist, and that's a very common thing. You know, it's, you know, it's the, uh, the nihilistic view of death. When you die, everything ceases. And some Christians believe this, by the way. Let me tell you, if you believe that, you're taking a big chance. If you think that when you die, you will simply cease to exist, you're going to have to find a way to explain why you existed in the first place. It's foolishness, but yet we think that, oh, we're so smart, you know. We know these things. No, God will inevitably destroy the wisdom of those who goes against the message that he presented. Every person is destined to live forever. Let me say that again. Every person is destined to live forever. Every one of us. We're created for eternity. It's just a matter of where you're going to spend it. You're going to spend it in eternity with God or you're going to spend it in eternity separated from God. Finally, the message of the cross is simple, but it carries the supernatural demonstration of God's power and wisdom. Verse 24, But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, that simply means those he called, whoever you are, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. This does not mean that God is foolish or weak. It simply means that God has no motivation to compete with human wisdom or human power. He's not in competition with anybody. You know, stop watching this Star Wars thing 
where there's a force that is at war, you know, the force for good and the force for evil. And somehow God, who is the force for good, is battling the, 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 the devil and the forces of evil and all of that. That doesn't exist in the Bible. God is sovereign. <laughs> Nobody goes against God. That's the teachings of Scripture. Okay? Why the devil gets away with it is because God allowed it. Why there's so much of evil going on in the world is not because God is inept or God is not strong enough. It's because he allows it. And you know what? Don't start questioning what God allows or doesn't allow. God will take responsibility for what he does. And stop questioning. How are you let this happen to me? Forget it. If you think you've been a victim of injustice, God will take responsibility for you. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. That's what it means. It means, hey, stop questioning and start believing. My power is demonstrated at the cross and it's been ratified at the coming of the Spirit of God. Everyone will bow down to him one day, whether they believe in him or not. That's, a, that's something that Christians need to emphasize to everybody. Everyone you see out there, whether they're Christians or not, trust me, the Bible says everybody will bow down. That doesn't matter. We have this mindset, you know, we, I'm, I'm bowing down to God because, uh, because I'm his child. And all that's all fine and good. <laughs> but there's a day, a day will come when every nation will bow. Every nation will bow. Some will bow for the real reason because they received the message. And some will bow because they will plead for their life and it would be too late. The message of the cross is a supernatural demonstration of God's power. Let me close with this story about the late uh, president of Prison Fellowship, Chuck Colson. I think I may have shared this before. I'd like to share it again. He told the story that he experienced in a, in a prison he visited in Brazil. It was called the Humaita Prison in San Jose de Campos in Brazil. Once this prison had a reputation of being the most notoriously violent prison in the entire world. It was so bad that the government turned it over to two Christian laymen which in turn turned the prison into, uh, changed the prison system and applied the gospel principles within that prison system. Government couldn't do anything about it, you know, because it was the most notorious prison at all. So they had no choice but to turn it over to anyone who can make a difference. And these two Christian laymen decided to use the gospel as the basis for running the prison. And in just a few short years, the prison's reputation has drastically changed. That it became known as a prison with a very, very low rate of incidents. As Colson toured the facilities, he was astonished to see that the prisoners were all smiling. And the facilities were so clean. The walls were adorned with scriptural verses. The room, which uh, used to be the place where they, the prisoners were tortured, was now a chapel filled with inmates worshiping God and singing songs. Colson asked one of the guards, how is this possible? The guard said, you know, Mr. Colson, we are proud to tell you that this prison now has only one person in death row. And the guard asked him, would you like to meet him? And Colson was shocked that the person was, was even going to ask. Of course I want to meet him. I visited prisons all over the world and I've talked to death mate in, uh, in row, uh, death, 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 death 
in-row inmates, whatever that is, all over the world. Okay, that row inmates all over the world. Of course, I want to talk to this person. And so the guard took him at this isolated part of the jail. It was an isolation cell located at the very uh, isolated part of the building. And they had to go through at least three secured cells to make it to that black room, they call it, where the sole death row inmate was. The guard warned him one more time, are you sure you want to meet this prisoner? Uh, Colson said, yes, he said. I have visited death row, death row inmates all over the world all my life. I would never miss this opportunity to meet this one death row inmate. And as the guard opened the massive doors, the room was empty. And at the middle of the room was a crucifix, beautifully carved by the inmates. The prisoner was Jesus on the cross, the guard said. And he said to Colson, he is doing time for all of us. That's the power of the cross of Jesus. God demonstrates his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died on the cross. The simple message of the cross is the only thing that can make the kind of impact in people's lives. That is the gospel that we preach. And the hill called Calvary is the hill that we're all climbing. Because it is what God has given us. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.